Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 191, A More Comfortable Nest. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So I want to start off today's episode with a quote. Um, This is a quote from Michael Markham, who was uh, a guest speaker in the Little School Big Change community. I think it was in June. He's an awesome person. He he shares some incredible things on Facebook, like things that just stop you in in their tracks. Um, And Amanda Jones shared this this quote with us. She's a big fan of Michael as well. Um, so we read this and talked about it on one of our calls and, and it's a little wordy at points, but there's, there are a couple lines in here that I just have been so touched by and I want to share this and, and talk about it a bit in this episode. So the quote is, the objectifying mind tries to use concepts in its attempt to determine the nature of its own reality when in truth it has none outside of the consensus conceptual overlay. It will arrange and rearrange its collection of ideas onto a nest and settle down for a little while, but some unexplainable restlessness will prompt it to keep looking for something that makes a little more sense. It's nothing other than its own movement, and that is perhaps the most elusive understanding of all. Okay, so... um, So the objectifying mind tries to use concepts in its attempt to determine the nature of its own reality when in truth it has none, meaning it has no reality outside of those concepts. So it's so meta, which is why, and so conceptual, which is why it feels so elusive and weird and messy, a mind trying to describe itself, you know, trying to objectify and define itself in its own reality. I love this part because I've written about this. I wrote about this years ago. I always had this image of a dog. I don't know. In my imagination, it's always a collie. (laughs) Not that it matters. But uh, of a dog, you know how a dog will just kind of sometimes like circle and circle. It'll circle four or five times and then it kind of finally lays down. Like it just needed to kind of move around a few times and find that perfect spot to settle in. So I love how Michael says, it will arrange and rearrange its collection of ideas onto a nest and settle down for a little while. But some unexplainable restlessness will prompt it to keep looking for something that makes a little more sense. And I think that is just amazingly huge to see and probably resonates with everyone listening in so many ways. You know, I mean, he's talking about a mind trying to define itself and think about what this reality is and how this all works. But but I think, you know, and I, I know we've talked about this in episodes before, I talk about it with the community all the time, how how we think we have a handle on something. You know, and and isn't that sweet? (laughs) Isn't that cute and innocent? Oh, I think I got it. I think I know how it works. I think I know what what this understanding is. I think I know what we're talking about here, and that's beautiful. And and often when we arrive at that, it really is uh, pointing, or or I guess it's our it's a reflection of some resonance 
for sure. There is some resonance and there is something that shifts. And and then a mind comes in and says, yes, I got it. I understand it now. I know it. It's blah, 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 blah. And then it, and then what happens is the resonance is whatever it is, it's there, right? But we lose that sense of resonance or we don't lose it, but it's it's just there resonating. But But the focus goes to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? So, so if we were to say, um, oh, I have a sense of what's being talked about here. We are, we are complete oneness, expansiveness, innate health. That is our nature. And then thought arises and tells stories. And we think those stories are us. Now, I might say that. Anyone might say that, right? That's a nice blah, 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 blah. That's a nice like language you know, concept of what we're talking about. But all those words are doing is pointing towards something really unexplainable that resonates. And what happens often is that the mind wants something. It's looking for, for these concepts to define how things are. It wants something solid so much that it'll arrive at something like that, settle it, settle into a nest with it, you know, get cozy with that for a little while. And then I just love how he says, but some unexplainable restlessness will prompt it to keep looking for something that makes just a little more sense. And isn't that exactly how it goes? It is for me. I mean, it has been for me for sure. Where there is a sense of something and then it's like, "Mm, wait a minute, maybe because... Um, something shows up that feels like it doesn't fit within that. So, so this is what I see a lot for people who are newer in this conversation is like in the little school, of big change six week course, you know, they're, they're feeling like freedom and feeling stuff, just feeling stuff they haven't felt in, the, in a long time. Behaviors are shifting. Things are looking different. The mind's scrambling, scrambling, scrambling to, to, put it down to something, you know, to have something solid to hold on to. The mind creates that it's because of this, or I saw that this was my insight, you know, and mind gives us a nice little soundbite insight that we can carry around. And then they feel horrible. Or then their habit comes back for a minute. Or they have a panic attack, right? Or they wake up in a mood big deal. Like we know that's how life goes. That was always going to happen. That's not, that does that means absolutely nothing. But when that stuff shows up, it feels like it, it contradicts our mind's little conceptualization of, of how life works and what we saw. Like how, how does it compute that I had this insight and now I feel bad. I mean, and, and you know, again, I'm guessing this resonates because I can't tell you how often I hear that all the time all the time, so much so that it really just starts to feel like that's sort of part of this process, which is amazing, is we we feel something, we do, we do something resonate, something shifting. The mind puts a framework around it. Then we feel something else and which was always going to happen and means absolutely nothing because experience and feelings are always changing. And then there's a big upset. There's a, wait a minute, this doesn't fit with my framework. And the problem is never in the feeling that showed up. It's always in the framework. You see see what I mean? So the feeling is, the problem is never that you woke up depressed. The problem is never that you you binged again 
or that you had another panic attack or that you worried again or yelled at your kids again. That was never, is never, was never the problem. The problem is when we think, I thought that was never going to happen again. That doesn't fit with how I, my insight, how I thought my insight was going to impact me. It doesn't fit with how I, what I now see, you know, and, and so, so that sometimes is what's behind this unexplainable restlessness that prompts the mind to keep looking for something that makes a little more sense. Like, okay, maybe, maybe I got it wrong, or maybe there's more to see here. And again, when, when this happens and someone's lucky enough to be like in the little school of big change, for example, they bring it, they bring it and we look at it and it's amazing because we get to see, oh no, this is okay. It's, that's okay that you felt that. The problem's over here. You're, you were thinking that was never going to happen. And then it's just an amazing learning. You know, it, it allows them to kind of, or their mind, I guess, even to go back, like, in, like Michael's saying in this quote, to kind of go back and sort of readjust a little bit. Like, oh, let me loosen up. Let me loosen up on that, that concept, that conceptual overlay that I've been nesting with. Let me hold that a little more loosely and, and see see how this can be a little more expansive. In my experience, being in this a little bit longer, it's less of that. It's less that I thought something wasn't supposed to happen. I, you know, that it just doesn't look that way to me anymore. But but there is there is forever this little nudging, this little movement of hey. Maybe that this little restlessness of, hmm, but what else is there? But but can this be seen, even when it's all wonderful or feels wonderful, but can this be seen even deeper? But what else is there? And so again, that's like, it's not a problem. That's the whole, it's the beauty in this. It's like, none of this is a problem. It's just so amazing to see that a that this is just what a mind is. This is its activity. This is the activity that we call a mind that we call thought. It's a verb. It's just simply activity. And it's this activity of trying to use concepts to determine the nature of its own reality and then rearranging them in this nice cozy nest. And then a restlessness that says, wait a minute, I bet there's a, I bet this nest can be even cozier. (laughs) I bet I can find an even better blanket to bring in here and even nicer and even softer pillow to bring in here and make this nest really good. And that is just how it goes. It doesn't mean anything about anyone or anything in our lives. That is just what a mind is. That is what thought is. And then his last line again, I just, this is the best for me. I love it. It's nothing other than its own movement, meaning the nature of its reality, the mind, right, is nothing other than its own movement. And that is perhaps the most elusive understanding at all, of all. Because what is movement? I mean, movement, how, how do we nail that down? We don't. <laughs> it's a, again, seeing that this mind, thought, whatever, it, it, it's, a, it's a verb, it's emotion, it's, it's, a, it's, it's this movement, this inclination, these tendencies, it's activity. It's not a thing that can be objectified and defined and nailed down in any way. I don't know, that just feels so big. It feels so expansive. And, and maybe because 
you know, we do spend so much energy. We don't even do it, but the mind spends so much energy and effort and time trying to nail it down. So to kind of see, yeah, that's never, ever going to happen. It's nothing but its own movement. Always looking, temporarily finding, and then looking some more. So always looking for what am I? What is this? What is the nature of things? Who am I? What's going on here? Temporarily appearing to find it, getting a little bit comfy in that nest, and then looking some more over and over and over and over again. So part of what makes this so amazing to see, I think, is again, if this is an activity, if it's a if it's a process, it's not an object, it's a process. If this is a process and it is just what a mind is and what thought is, this can be yet another <laughs> of a billion reminders we, we often need that it, it may not stop and perhaps it doesn't need to ever stop. But what if what's even better than it stopping or just as good at least as it stopping is what stops is our need for it to stop. You know, when we think this has to end, like my mind should be quiet, it shouldn't be doing this, why is this happening again? How can I quiet it? What can I see? What insights can I have? Like what's what's wrong? What am I missing? Why is it not quiet yet? That's a lot of suffering and that's a lot of noise, ironically, right? Ironically, it's exactly... It's, it's noise around exactly what we're, we're thinking we don't want. So I don't know, like it, you know, I think, I think it probably, this whole mind activity can probably slow way down for sure. Maybe it completely stops for people, but let's just take that off the table. It's not up to us anyway. We have, there's nothing that we can do to make that happen ever. Nothing we can do to make that happen. So if it's completely beyond our control, there's nothing we're ever going to do to make it happen. Let's just take it off the table and and instead see it as just like this movement. This is just a it's just an activity that happens that we just don't don't have to change in any way. It's interesting again looking at it in this movement verb action kind of way. Um, it makes me think someone in our graduate community, so several months ago now, um, had written a post about how she was a shark. I think it was her college roommates used to call her a shark, meaning um, apparently there's some shark that, you know, if it, if it stops swimming, it dies. I don't know if that's even true. I think it is. I think it's somewhat true of some specific species of shark, um, but I don't know what I'm talking about right now. But it's not all sharks, but I, I think there is some shark that there where there's some truth in this, right? The thing just moves and moves and moves. And apparently if it isn't moving, like I think moving is how it breathes or something. So anyway, but they would call her a shark because she was constantly going, constantly doing things. And, you know, everyone would sit down to relax and she'd jump up and wash the dirty cup that was in the sink or whatever. Um and she was seeing a lot about this and it and it's it reminds me of exactly what we're talking about this is what a mind does see if it stops it dies because it is movement that that is that's all it is is a movement it's nothing other than its own movement and that is perhaps the most elusive understanding of all now 
well, whatever this is we're talking about, a mind, thought, same thing, me, same thing. See how these are all words for the exact same thing. Because this idea of me and who I am with a past and a future and me and my life story, that's thought. What we're talking about is thought or mind or again, all, the, all of these words mean the same thing. There's just an activity that is what this is. The thinking, the labeling, the doing, the figuring, the planning, remembering, memory. I mean, that's what it is. It's always planning and figuring and remembering and projecting, predicting. So in a really real sense, without all of that, there's, this doesn't exist. That is what it is. It's marked by its activity. It's defined by its activity. So it kind of has to keep going. Now, again, I'm, I don't know. I'm not saying in a bigger sense, it doesn't at some point stop. I, I think uh, it may or may not. But if there's nothing we can do to make that happen, it doesn't need to stop. But what what can stop and what does, I think, stop-ish or cease a little bit, is seen through, is the need for it to stop. Why do we need it to stop? It's just this curious little nest building, you know, objectifying, attempting, <laughs> attempting to objectify itself. It's just this movement. It's just this tool. It's just this, this activity that's humming, that it, that it can hum in the foreground and we can be completely immersed in it. And a lot of that is our attempts to stop it. You know, we are so immersed in it. We kind of have to be immersed in it when we're telling it to stop and be quiet and I'm not you and you're not me. And when we're having that kind of conversation with a mind, it's like we're just turning around and around and around in that nest and we're arguing with it and talking back to it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, nothing, nothing wrong with any of this, but see how that just, you know, that it, it kind of sets up a something to do, it sets up a bit of attention. It sets up a, Oh, who's going to win here? What's what here? Are you ever going to listen to me and be quiet? You know, and and I just think it's really cool to kind of see as that's happening. That's just part of the movement of it. And as we listen, as we open up to this and and let these words and and anything around this that resonates resonate, it's just making its own nest. And 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 rather than that being in the foreground that begins to just fall into the background. And then it's as good as gone. Who cares? Who cares? doesn't need to be anything other than exactly what it is. This is why I think like, you know, the image of the eye of the hurricane resonates so much with people. It's not that we hunker down in that eye and shut our eyes and plug our ears and la, 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 la. And like everything's just calm in the eye of the hurricane. It's like, wow, there can be peace with everything else. It's all inclusive. It's not chopping some things off the menu. It's all inclusive and it's all okay. And it's all the same thing. It's all the same oneness. Even this mind, movement, thought, movement, building a nest, trying to define itself, seeing through its definitions, being limited by its definitions. That's all, that's exactly the same thing as the calm. It's exactly the same thing as peace, love, whatever, whatever we think we're looking for. It's all one thing showing up in, in 
different costumes, different forms. So in the average person's life, and, you know, I, I'm just really blessed to get to see this all the time over and over, and it, it, it clarifies it for me. Clarified it doesn't feel like the right word, but it, it illuminates this more and more and more for me as I get to see people just seeing things and living their lives, right, and getting this inside look on, on what's going on for people. The way a mind is like kind of um, this movement is going out and searching and bringing something back to the nest and getting kind of comfy with it and then saying, nope, you're not good enough. Let's go see if we can make this even better. That universal constant movement that seems to always be happening shows up in a lot of different ways. So for for a lot of just the average person out there, you know, it shows up, as we all know, in trying to secure things first, maybe outside in the world. Let me get all the conditions out there correct, correct and right. We tend to see through that. Everyone's different, but we tend to see through that fairly quickly. And if you're listening to this kind of conversation, you've you've well seen through that. Not that you know, not that it still doesn't look compelling at times, and not that that has completely ended. But you get on some level that nothing secured out there in the world, as if there is an out there that's separate from an in here. But nothing out there, the right job, the right relationship, losing the right amount of weight, all of that is is never going to lead to the end of the search. It literally cannot because of this movement we're talking about. It 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 is literally impossible for it to work that way because of this movement. A mind does not find like like you know it, this quote is not about oh and then it finds the right thing and when it finds just the right thing it settles in its nest and it's quiet forever and it just falls off to sleep. No. No, that is that is not what it is. It's not how it works. It is this constant. It is nothing other than its own movement. Always stirred awake by some unexplainable restlessness that will prompt for a little bit more, a little bit more. So as we've talked about here many times, you know, just the idea of me being a separate me that's cut off in some way, even if just physically, cut off in some way from what appears to be everyone else in this whole, that already sets it up that something that that I'm fragile. Something needs to be secured. I could be just a little safer or a little happier or a little more comfortable in life. A little more successful, which translates to whatever it translates to. A little safer, right? A little more okay. As long as there's a me that's separate from everyone else, that movement is going to be there. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your confidence or your security or your self-worth or any of those are all just words that describe this movement, right? Those are, those are just more concepts that, that come in to attempt to describe this movement. But the movement is one and the same as thinking that I'm a separate me. As long as I'm separate, there's a movement to protect and secure. So again, it, it often starts for most of us, like let me secure the right friends and then the right grades and the right job and the right partner and all the things. And we see through that relatively quickly. And then often because this movement is so smart, 
<laughs> it just wants to stay alive. It just has that. See, this is cool to see too. It's not that it's smart in a sneaky way. I says, well, let me finish what I was going to say. I get a little excited by thoughts that show up from who knows where. Um, okay. So, so we'll see through the fact that it's not any of that outside stuff. And then it shifts a little bit. It's like, okay, she's on to the fact that there will never be a weight that will make her happy. There will never be a amount of money in the bank that will make her happy in a lasting way. She's on to that. He's on to that. The conversation shifts. And now it's like, ooh, wouldn't it be cool though if I didn't seek so much? Wouldn't it be cool if this mind were just really calm no matter what was happening? Wouldn't it be cool if I had this thing called equanimity, whatever, if, if there was total acceptance? Yeah, that's it, total acceptance. So all that happens is the conversation shifts, the target shifts. It, it, nothing has changed at all. And, and I think this is a place where we can hang out a lot. You know, we can hang out for a long time and sort of miss the fact that nothing has truly changed except the target. This is huge. Um, yeah, it's the exact same thing. So again, what I was going to say is this is where people will kind of see that a little bit and say, man, well, my mind is so sneaky. It used to tell me it was this, this, and this that would make me happy. And now it's just changed the story. It's sneaky. And, it, and it's almost like the mind is sneaky in sort of a bad way. Like that's not a good thing. And why does it always have to do this to me and all of that? But, but again, another way to see, and I'm not just giving you a nicer belief, you don't have to believe any of this, but it just occurred to me talking with you right now that another way to see that if, if this movement, if this activity has to keep moving or else it dies, it's just another example of this, this what appears to be this constant momentum toward life, toward thriving, toward staying alive, you know, just... So, so whether it's a body or mind activity, thought, whatever it might be, stuff in nature, you know, whatever it is, there just seems to be this energy toward living, toward thriving. And so why would that not apply to a mind? I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's not sneaky. It's brilliant. It's fueled by the, it's, and it's not the mind that's brilliant. It's the intelligence behind all of this that's brilliant that has that story shift and keeps this movement happening, you know, keeps this movement listened to and hooked into and seeming really relevant. So anyway, it goes from all the things out there to a lot of the things, which is, are just as much as of things in here, security, equanimity, approval, self-love, whatever, whatever, whatever that, that new target becomes. And it's all the exact, same thing. Absolutely nothing different about any of that. And it will never, ever, 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 ever be satisfied with what it finds and brings into the nest. Ever. (laughs) Ever. Really. Even the big things, even the big, big, big things, like if I could be cured of this disease, if my child who is sick comes home from the hospital and all is well. If the war ends, even the huge things, nothing leads to some lasting state of anything because it just literally doesn't work that way. And that doesn't mean we don't really want those things. And it doesn't mean it doesn't really feel amazing to to do things in the world. 
and have circumstances go our way. It totally does for a minute. <laughs> and and that, you know, and that's another thing that I think we can use against ourselves so much. What's wrong with me? I've done that. I oh, so often I would it's the whole bargaining thing, right? If this habit could just go away, I'll be happy forever and I'll spend the rest of my life talking about it. You know, there's no happy forever. That's not that's against nature. It, can you be super grateful for what's shifted? Of course. But but it just doesn't make sense. Like it, you know, it's just a misunderstanding. It does never, ever, ever lead to you just hanging out in that nest <laughs> and thought just completely falling silent. But we don't need it to. Ken, we don't need it to. Even the searching, even the seeking, even even the, the looking for enlightenment or freedom from this mind and or equanimity or or a million dollars or whatever it might be. We, we keep seeing that as just simply movement. That is this the movement of thought. And we keep seeing it has nothing to do with us. And we keep seeing that there's a great chance it'll never, ever change and we don't need it to. And that alone takes so much pressure off it. And then it's just movement. It's just moving. It's just, it's just waves crashing on the shore, going back out. Exactly like the ocean. It's a constant movement, a constant flow, except it's felt and seen as different from the ocean, but it is no different. It is that same energy that brings the waves in and takes the tide back out. It's that same energy. It's not going to end. It's not going to change, but it's seen for what it is. And as it's seen for what it is, what else? What else? What else could we need? It's seen for what it is. You know, working with new coaches right now, I mean, this is so huge and such a great thing for them to be seeing as sort of a test. And if that, I don't mean it in that way, but kind of a test of their own understanding. It, and, and me too, at times, and for sure, throughout my career as a coach, uh, over what, 16, 15, 16 years of this now, like, is that right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, to what extent am I wanting to jump in my client's nest and give them something that's going to pacify them a little bit longer versus to what extent am I wanting them to see that all this is is movement building a nest? Now, it's okay that we talk about what's in the nest and we, we do. We totally do, right? If you have a, a habit that feels like it's just sucking the life out of you, I would love to see that habit go away. And I know that's not the deepest, most leveraged point to look, you know? So it's it's like, again, and you all know this if you've been through Little School Big Change, probably just from listening to the podcast, if you haven't, you know, we talk about the iceberg. It's not about focusing on, okay, let's make this habit go away. Let's get you to achieve all your goals. Let's give you some self-confidence. Those are not the cause. They are the consequence. We go deeper. We see this as a story. We see this as movement. We see thought and mind and me and all of that is just simple movement. No different than waves crashing on the shore. No different than that shark swimming around that's going to die if it stops. And in the seeing of that, it just starts to look different. And then all kinds of things happen. 
but they are kind of a happy accident or consequence or whatever they look like, coincidence, who knows, like side effect, who knows. They don't cause anything. And that's huge. It's really huge. You know, when, when someone's like, oh, my job, my job, my job, why can't I get it right? We, of course, they're just looking for something else to make that nest a little more cozy. And it's both. We can talk there and look there, but we're always looking at what's really behind that because it's because we just know it's never going to it's never going to be the thing they're looking for is never going to be the thing that leads to any kind of lasting satisfaction. It never is for any of us. It literally can't be because it just doesn't work that way. But how amazing to see again that we're free regardless. We're free in the movement. We're free listening to the movement. We're free being hooked into the movement. And we're free when we have those amazing moments of seeing the movement for what it is. We're free in all of it. It's all just what's happening. It's all the same thing. And nothing has to change or stop and likely won't for us to, to know that freedom. After a very long, very virtual two years, the amazing Little School of Big Change live event is back. We'll gather in person from June 3rd to 5th in Chicago for two and a half days of connection, exploration, and a lot of hugs, laughter, and insights around this year's theme, which is life appearing as everything. I would love to gather and immerse in this conversation with you in person in Chicago in June. For full details and to save your seat with the early bird pricing, visit dramyjohnson.com slash LSBC Live 2022.